You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. Psalm 119, and I want to consider two verses, two verses in Psalm 119, verses 100 and 101. Psalm 119, verses 100 and 101. Ready? Some is decreed in Psalm 119, 100 and 101. I understand more than the ancients. Or old saints, old people. Because I keep your precepts. I have restrained my feet. From every evil way. Because you can be saved but still be thinking evil. And feel like going to do evil. But, but when that happens you got a choice. And, and you can see that he made the right choice. Notice he says again. I have restrained my feet. From every evil way. And this is why. That I may keep your word. Bottom line, if he, if he would have went where he didn't have no business going, or started hanging with folks he didn't have no business hanging with, he would have been out of the will of God. And we have to be careful because sometimes we can be selfish. We want to do what we want to do. And when we do so, based upon the verse, we are out of the will of God. We are, in, we are not in a good place based upon the verse. We are in an evil place. But going back to Psalm, uh, well, to verse 100. Notice again. I under. Stand more than the ancients because I keep your precept. Would you agree with me that he was confident in his understanding? When it came to his understanding, he was confident. And based upon that, my subject is simply confident understanding. Confident understanding. And let's give our Lord another hand before we go further. An antithesis of confident is timid. And the root meaning of timid is fear. And one thing we need to grasp in reference to fear, specifically the spirit of fear, is not divine. I want to go real quick to 2 Timothy chapter 1 and just read what Paul said about the spirit of fear. And, and the spirit of fear is not just a demon. Sometimes spirit represents your attitude. Your attitude in reference to fear. And, and some attitude we have about fearing this, that, and the other did not come from God. Stay with me now. Second Timothy. Uh, chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of what? And, and again, I'm, I'm not concerned with the demon in reference to a spirit, but just the attitude. Sometimes 
we behave in a timid way because of a situation that we may be in. It's not God telling you to be fearful about the situation. It's your flesh that's pushing you to get out of God's will or not get in God's will. God has not given us the spirit or the attitude of fear. God tells you to go do this, that, and the other, but, but when you go to do it, you start hearing figures. You start, you start hearing opposition. And all of a sudden, your hallelujah is not present. You start looking at what God didn't tell you to look at. And you become fearful. At that moment, you need to understand that God didn't give you that spirit, that attitude. God has not given us the spirit of fear. He didn't do it. We have to be to the point to where we are confident in the sense of being sure. And confidence as it equates sure means that when it comes to my thoughts, my words, and my deeds, I am positive about what's going on. I am positive despite the situation that's taking place. That's the type of confidence we need to have. We, we, are, we are just positive. We are sure in thought, help me, and deed. And see, our surety is not within ourselves. Our surety is based upon what God feeds us. Or it's based upon God's written and revealed word. I, I can't base my confidence off of self because Barry done let me down too many times. But my foundation is God's word. To the point to where if God said it, it is so. Heaven and earth shall pass, but not God's word, according to Matthew 24, 35. That's, that's a quote from Jesus. Heaven and earth shall pass, but not the word, not my words. They're not going to, to fail. My confidence has to be in God's will. And when my confidence is in God's will it should be manifested in my thoughts my words and my deeds you don't have to ask yourself am I confident it should be clear are you thinking what does saith God are you talking what does saith God? Are you putting into action what does saith God? If so, you are expressing your confidence in him. Now, now understand this. Your confidence will be attacked. Something will try to make you stop thinking God's word. Stop Talking God's word. Stop doing God's word. So what do I do when that thing trying to make me stop? You ignore it. You resist it. And you keep thinking, talking, and doing. According to God's word. Amen? Amen. I need to show you two 
verses in reference to confidence. Psalm 27 is the first. Psalm 27. We're going to start at verse 1. Notice, notice uh, the writer's confidence here. Psalm 27. His surety. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Seemed like he know his God. But then he turns around and says, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Man, he got a list of who God is to him, ain't he? Look at the Lord is his light, his salvation. Now the Lord is the strength of his life. But he asked a question again, whom shall I fear? Then he turns around and asks another question, of whom shall I be afraid? Breaking it down, God is with me. He is my savior. So what man or woman am I going to fear? What situation am I going to fear? Who am I going to be afraid of? And, and notice the implication is his choice. He can ignore that God is his like. But he didn't. He embraced that God is his light, and therefore he's not going to fear. He's not going to be afraid. He's going to remain confident. How many see it in the verse? Let's go further. Verse 2. When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh or to kill him, who came against him? He knew his enemy. He knew his enemy. Sometimes somebody close to you can be wicked. Jesus so understood how our people changed to where even when it came to his disciple, Peter. Do you know Jesus uh, was praising Peter about something he did that was wonderful? But then you go in this same chapter a little later, he was, he was telling Peter that he was a demon. Because he folk a change on you. I said, folk will change on you. In front of all the disciples, uh, Jesus said to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. Then told him why? You are an offense to me. You don't want the, you don't want the kingdom of God to operate or to function the way it was meant to function. That's basically what he told him. And then apologize. Y'all stay with me. When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumble and fail. But, but then he goes further. Though an army, a multitude of folk that can fight may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war may rise against me. In this I will be confident. He knows that issues going to happen in life, but he's going to keep his confidence. Look at somebody say, you're going to go through some stuff. But you got to hold on to your confidence. 
the very folk you think will never hurt you will hurt you but you're going to still have to keep your confidence there will be times to where you will mess up yourself how many have ever messed up yourself but you still have to keep your confidence got to be like David David would talk to himself he would talk to himself and, and, and then tell himself that he need to straighten out or straighten up you have to be to the point to where you keep your confidence despite issues you go through because you're going to go through some issues. You're going to have problems that arise in your life. Y'all still with me? Let's go further. Let's go to Hebrews 10. This is a, this is a verse that y'all like to quote. A lot of us like to quote this verse, but I want to deal with it for a minute. Hebrews 10. Anybody be in help? Hebrews 10, 35. Therefore, do not cast away, but notice what he says, your confidence. Therefore, do not cast away your what? See, as I preach, you, you, need, to, you need to get you a list of things you know you have confidence in. It, it's just like, you do. Deacon Tarp does not have to tell me that he got confidence in giving God his tithes and offering. I know he does. Deacon Oak and the other deacons don't have to tell me. I know they do. Is some of you uh, like Mr. Scott, you don't have to tell me you have confidence in prayer. I know you got confidence in prayer. It ain't that you don't believe in doctors. You just believe that prayer works better than anything. Prayer will direct you to the right doctor. But you need to have your list of what you have confidence in. And you need to make sure that you have confidence in what God said you should be sure about it's just like Paul was sure about the promises of God that's the reason he penned in 2 Corinthians 1 and 20 all of the promises of God in him are yes and amen he was sure that God would keep his promises we need to make a list of what we have confidence in and, and then you need to have that other little list well, you know you ain't got confidence in, in certain things. Then you need to make, make, make a list about stuff you have confidence in sometimes and sometimes you don't. You just up and down. You tell for Pastor Show preached that word today, but then I send a message to step on your toe. Man, I don't know what's going on, Pastor. Wait a minute now. I thought you had confidence in me. Now when it come to your toes being stepped on. You don't have no confidence in me no more. You have to have a list of what you have confidence in. And a list what you don't have confidence in. But you need confidence in. I'm going to tell you something. It, it, it was a time to where I did not have confidence in myself in reference to trusting that the situation was going to turn out according to the word. I remember, I remember them days. I used to have to go back and forth and, and ask God dumb questions. You sure you gonna do it? 
I know what you said in your word, but you sure you're going to do it, Lord, because it don't look like. I didn't have no confidence. I, I, I remember when I didn't, I didn't have no confidence in the supernatural. Didn't have no money. But, but then trying to look at who I can get some money from because I didn't, I didn't understand supernatural increase. It, it's different when God tells you to go to somebody and get something. But sometimes God wants you to trust him for supernatural increase. What you mean when, when, when God causes money to come your way that you wasn't expecting? It can be through a person or through some other way. It's supernatural increase. You wasn't expecting it, but all of a sudden, boom, there it is. What you call supernatural increase. You were planning on going to the doctor, but, but then you got to praying and asking folks to agree with you, and all of a sudden your situation completely changed to the point to where you could cancel your appointment. What happened? Supernatural healing. I got a list, a, a big list of stuff I have confidence in. I got a small list. When it comes to things that, that really still bother me. But it used to be the opposite. I used to have a big list of things that, that I should have had confidence in, but I didn't. I wonder if I can see your list. You ought to make an appointment and say, I won't pass see my list. And so he said, cast not away. Whose confidence? Your confidence. Why? Because your confidence can bring rewards. Rewards equate benefits. You can get benefits just based upon your confidence. You, you be like, you be like, I'm getting ready to go on vacation. Oh, God going to bless me on vacation. That's your confidence. And guess what? When you get there, just as show as we here at a place of refuge on this beautiful Sunday morning, you start reaping them benefits because of your confidence. I'm still in the Bible. Look at, look at the scripture. Hebrews 10, 35. Notice it. Matter of fact, help me read it on one. One. Therefore, which has, you get great benefits from your, your confidence. Great benefits from your confidence. That, that's the reason you need to just be honest with yourself. What do you have confidence in? Or what do you not have confidence in? Then one thing you sure need to have confidence in is your pastor. Yeah. Now I'm going to tell you why now. Because I, I, I ain't trying to get you to do it for me. See 2 Chronicles 20 and 20 says the latter part. Believe your or God's prophets. So shall you prosper. See your prosperity is tied to your pastor. Not only that, your pastor is the one that's going to feed you with knowledge and understanding. You got to have confidence that, that what I'm giving you in reference to knowledge and understanding is according to God's word. I don't want to be no preacher. You, you, you look at me and say, you know what, Pastor Show can hoop. That, I don't want that testimony. I want the testimony of you going to get some knowledge and understanding. But you have to have confidence in your preacher. Because a real preacher going to say stuff you ain't going to like. You might well get ready for that. And you know me. I'm going to tell you the truth. And I'll show you your sin. I'll show you where you're wrong. 
in front of everybody so everybody who may be on the same page with you can know where they're wrong. Yeah. That's just good teaching and preaching. It's amazing when Paul would write the different churches and you see things that Paul would tell you know what, I ain't even there with y'all, but if, if this right here is going on, y'all ought to do such and such too. And you know what he, what he called it? Teaching. Preaching. Letting them know exactly what was going on at their location. That's what you call pastoring. Teaching, preaching, giving folks knowledge and understanding. But look at somebody and say, you better get your list. Things you have confidence in and things you don't. The psalmist had confident understanding. He was sure about his understanding. To, to the point to where if you're not spiritual, you would think that he was arrogant. Based upon his statement. I mean, because he, he makes a statement that, that no doubt it, it had to make folk mad. Look, look at the statement he makes here in, in Psalm 119 and 100. You, you know folk would have got mad. It, in our day and time, folk get mad if a statement like this is made. This, this is what he said. He said, I understand more than the ancients. Let me just break it down. I understand the Bible more than your grandmama. You think folk ain't going to get mad about stuff like that? I know you've been in church 50 years but because you don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit I understand the scripture better than you I know you tell folk to bring their tithes and offering but, but you are ignorant because you ain't got no business telling folk to bring their and offering. Malachi tells us that we need, we done rob God of his tithes and offerings and we need to bring his tithes and offerings. He said he understood more than the ancients. And I can deal with it from a historical standpoint, but I want you to understand that, that, that there are certain things that you are going to have an understanding about that your doctor does not have an understanding about. Your lawyer does not have an understanding about. Who's smarter than the Holy Spirit? What doctor do you know that can lead you into all truth? Y'all ain't ready for teaching like this. Now see, I'm, I'm still in the Bible. I'm still in the Bible now. John 16 and 13 says the Holy Spirit will guide you into what? So why I'm going to trust somebody with limited understanding if I have the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit going to guide me in how much truth? I ain't got no problem with, with your opinion. I have no problem with a professional's opinion. But for you to try to make your opinion a conclusion, that's what I have a problem too. Because I understand clearly God is the Alpha, Omega, the beginning, the ending, the first, the last, the one that was, that is, and is soon to come. I understand who has the final say. And see, we need to have an understanding. We're not trying to insult folks when we let them know what we believe or what we're standing on. We're just simply walking in what God has given us based upon his written and revealed word. 
I don't like it when pastors say that we shouldn't trust such and such and such and such. We should just pray and ask God. Am I telling you wrong? When Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, acknowledge him not just in a couple of your ways or ways you feel like talking to him. Acknowledge him in all your way. What are you going to do? Direct your path. In other words, when it comes to your life, God should have the final say. I'm getting ready to change. I'm getting ready to do this, that, and the other. Well, did God give you the authority to do it? Did the mandate come from God? Because if it was not a divine order, you are out of the will of God. And sometimes being mad can cause you to get out the will of God. Sometimes not getting your way can cause you to get out the will of God. And I have been there. I have gotten mad and got out the will of God. Not getting my way, I've got out the will of God. Even though I, I said the best place to be is in the will of God. And the safest place to be is in the will of God. But still have allowed my anger to cause me to get out of it. Oh, we can just go on. Some of us have allowed folk to cause us to get out the will of God. But the bottom line is this right here. God should have the final say. And, and see, you shouldn't have to apologize because that's your understanding based upon the word. It's, it's bigger than Walker. I appreciate you saying, well, you know, pastor said such that, but give him a scripture too. Yeah, pastor said such and such, but it was based upon. Give him a scripture. Give him a scripture. Look at this verse again. I got I to gotta move on. But look at it again. Very powerful. I have more understanding than all my teachers. Well, I'm in 99. That's for next week. Verse 100. I understand more than the ancients because I keep your precepts. I keep your, your precepts. And so he's not putting older people down. Because he gives a legitimate reason why he keeps God's word. And like it or not, there are old people that just don't trust God's word the way they should. Even when it comes to the house of God, you'll be amazed at folks that have been in, in church for 15 plus years, but, but when it comes to them versus somebody that I've been in the church for five years, the person that's been here for five years is more dedicated than, and loyal than the person that's been here for 15 years. Person been in the church five years has a better understanding and you can see it in that application versus a person that has been in the church for 15 years that, that is still doing and talking dumb stuff. I've had conversation with folks that have been in the church 15 plus years. And it's like I'm talking to a baby. Their understanding is still on that level. So he was not insulting older people. But, but what, but, but. When you look at it in one sense, you just have folks that are older that, that just refuse to mature. If folks still get mad over stuff this little, stuff they shouldn't even get mad about, about that big, stuff that big.
It's folks that's 60 that's still trying to be 19. Come on now, you. Don't you know you, you. That's for your grandson to do now. You need to come on in. Because see, now it's time for you to be an example. You know, don't don't do that now. Just just be a. You see what I'm saying? So he was not being arrogant in his statement. He was being truthful. I'm gonna tell you something. For years, I, I had to deal with uh, people getting upset with each other for, the, for just little dumb stuff. And I used to have to have them just come in the office and I'd just be, be in the office talking to them. Just, just, and I'd be like, Lord, y'all supposed to be teaching other folk by now. But you really ain't got no business teaching nobody because you're still doing this dumb stuff. Don't you understand by now that you're going to have to make a choice to be grown? And see, that's the reason again. See, he made a choice that he was going to keep God's precepts. And when you keep God's precepts, you mature in understanding. You'd be surprised at folk that still play the same little games that they played 12 years ago. You'd be like, man. To, to the point where eventually you have that, well, she off my list. He off my list. I done tried to help him. He don't want to be helped, so. That's a tough thing. Jesus had put so much knowledge and understanding in Judas to well when, when, when Judas finally made the choice that he was going to betray Jesus. Jesus never tried to stop him. Jesus was like, he know better. He know better. But if he want to do it, and he understand what has been prophesied about the one that would betray me. So be it. So be it. Because he had understanding of what he shouldn't do. But he still did it. And then you had younger folk that, that were put in the same situation as Judas. But decided not to do it. I understand more. I have greater understanding than the ancients. It's sad, isn't it? Yes, yeah, so, so and so. She don't like me because I dress a little better than she dressed. So you want me to know that. I'm pastor. You want me to know that. I just want you to know that's what's going on. And sometimes I'd be throwing hands like. <laughs> Some folk don't know no hint. That, that's a big hint right there. Like. <laughs> See, it, it, should, it, it should be a point in your life to where you are so mature to where certain stuff don't even bother you. You hear it, but, but, but it don't cause you to move left, right. You just stay in the will of God. And see, you, you got to understand the implication here. Again, he was not putting down the old folk, but his choice of walking in understanding based upon the precepts of God is what made him have 
greater understanding than older people. And what's going to make you more mature than folks that have been saved 20 years more than you or longer than you is your choice to think, talk, and do God's will. You're going to have an understanding. See, see, there's an understanding to where your, your enemies, they, they can surround you, but you still won't be bothered. Man, Elijah was to the point to where he knew the enemies had surrounded him and, and his adjutant, armor bearer, was just as nervous and fearful, but the, but the prophet of God was just like, He's just looking. I ain't saying nothing. Then all of a sudden, his adjutant asked him, he said, hey, you don't see what's going on? You know they done surrounded the city. He, he was running about the escape plan. The prophet told me, he said, those that are with us are more than those that are against us. He couldn't see. He didn't have that understanding. Now, now see, this, this is the thing. He should have had that understanding based upon his relationship with the prophet. He had seen God deliver the prophet. God used the prophet to perform miracles, to speak a word, and so forth. But he still did not allow what God was doing through the prophet to get into his being so he would have understanding. Not on the same level as the prophet, but he would be on the same page. He didn't have it. He, he acted like he hadn't even been around Elijah. And so Elijah had to, had to turn around and say, Lord... Open his eyes so he can see. But if he would have been on the same page, the prophet would not have had to pray that prayer. It's, it's just like now. I expect the elders and the senior ministers to be on the same, and the ministers to be on the same page with me. May not be on the same level that I am, but I expect you to be on the same page. If trouble happens, I don't expect you to start freaking out. No. I expect you to stay in the will of God. But all of this is based upon your understanding. You got you to understand this. And so again, what he said was not an arrogant statement. It was just him knowing exactly where he was in God. Say to your neighbor, you got to know where you are in God. This man turned me down one time when I was applying for something, and this is exactly what I told him. Uh, after he had told me that he Christian and all this, that, and the other, I said, look, I said, you just missed your blessing. Two hours later, what he had the opportunity to do, somebody else did it and received the blessing he was supposed to receive. You understand? See, you, you have to have that understanding. You have to have the understanding that when God tells you to do something and somebody recognizes that God is telling you to do it, who say they're a Christian, and they tie into it, they are tying into the same blessing that God is releasing to you. You understand what I'm saying? Same blessing. It starts from the Lord, but then 
it flows throughout the church. Y'all all right? Okay, Lord have mercy. I done took a lot of time on that. No, I took a lot of time. But he kept God's what? Precepts. That's when his understanding went to, went to a level that's amazing. An amazing level to where he, he, his understanding was greater than the ancients or older people. All right, let me show you something. Lord have mercy. Let's go to um, Psalm 111, verse 7. Psalm 111, verse 7. In reference to God's precepts. Are you there? The works of his are God's hands of verity and justice. All his precepts are what? They're guaranteed. When it comes to God's word, every promise in there is guaranteed. When God reveals something to a prophet, it's guaranteed. All of his precepts, written and revealed, are what? Guaranteed. Yeah, sure. You see it? Let's go further. Back in Psalm 119. Verse 87. Psalm 119, verse 87. They almost made an end of me on earth. Tried to kill him. Look why he lived. But I did not forsake your precepts. See, God's precepts will keep you alive. God's precepts will stop certain things from happening to you that people desire to happen to you. Y'all ain't looking at it. Look at it one more time with me and help me read it. Ready? Read. They almost, but I did not. Whatever, they, whatever was happening to him, he wanted to do something other than God's precept, but he didn't forsake it. He had the choice. Have you ever been to the point to where you wanted to forget the word and do something else? Whenever you do something like that, your understanding is not where it needs to be. Your understanding is not where it needs to be. No, no matter what, you, you have to mature, you have to be mature to the point to where you stay in the will of God no matter what. If you understood the different things that come my way as a pastor. The mean ladders, emails, so forth and so on. It'll make you want to do something every day to somebody. You have to be to the point to where no matter what happens... You're going to stick to the word. Doesn't just need to be a saved when we tell folks the best place to be is in the will of God. And the safest place to be is in the will of God. You have to be to the point to where even when somebody is talking in contrast. You have to tell them point blank. Get in the will of God. Do the will of God. He said, I did not forsake your precepts. I kept praying. Even though I wanted to do something else. I kept reading. I kept praising. I kept going to your church. Even though I wanted to do something else. What does that say about you? Your understanding is in a good place. You are mature despite what you're going through. Lord have mercy. Let me close. But then he goes on to say in, in um, 
verse 101 of Psalm 119. I have restrained my feet from every evil way. I wanted to go, but I refrained my feet. I wanted to go down that path when I heard about it. But I didn't go down that path. I refrained my feet. I didn't do what my flesh wanted to do. I didn't do it. Notice he didn't do it. It's going to always be a choice. And I'm telling you, the more understanding you get, the more you realize, man, I ain't going to do that. No. no. And, and it might make me feel better, but it won't be but for a moment. Because it'll be sin and the pleasure of sin only lasts for what? A moment. Yeah, I could curse you out. Oh, man, I let her know. Whoo, I cursed her out. I let her know. But, that pleasure is only going to be for a moment. But look what's going to happen when they hear the bishop cuss folk out. What did he say? He said words I can't even utter. And, and sometimes you, you just got to restrain your feet. You got to say, I ain't going down that path. Sometimes you have to say, I know what they're going to be talking about over there, so I ain't even going over there. I want to go over there to hear what they got to say, but I ain't. How many have ever gone somewhere you know you didn't have no business going? Because you knew they were going to be gossiping. Or saying stuff they didn't have no business saying. Now, as long as you keep going to places like that, it says about you that your understanding is not where it needs to be. You still childish, even though you've been in church for 20 years. But when you understand that, look, I, I, I shouldn't be getting involved in no foolishness or no mess. When that's your understanding, it says about you, you're mature. Because they understand this right here. The Bible says that we are not to be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. I got to go on, but say to somebody, you can hang with everybody. And tell them, you can't go everywhere. You may want to go. Yeah. I'm going to tell you something. I, I had to make a choice. I used to hang with um, some pastors. Initially, when, we, when we, we, we hung together, good fellowship and so forth, but then it changed. It changed far to worse. Some of the stuff that I'm talking about started happening. And uh, so they say, oh, so now you think you better and bigger than us. I said, no. I said, but I tell you what. If you keep doing what you're doing, bad going to happen. I said, and I don't want to be around when bad happens. And guess what happened? Bad. And if I would have stayed, I guess what would have happened to me? Bad. You have to make choices when you get a good understanding. Lord of mercy.
And everybody ain't going to like your choices. Woo, I said everybody ain't going to like your choices. Look, look at this again. Psalm 119, 101. I have restrained my feet from every evil way. Remember, his feet. He wanted to make sure that he had refrained his feet from every, help me again, evil way. Look at Psalm 119 and 59. Ready? I thought about my ways. He examined himself. He examined himself. I thought about my ways and then I turned. A nice word for repent. Change of heart, change of mind, change of choices. What did he do? He turned his feet toward what? God's testimonies. But what did he do first? He thought about his ways. Yeah, I be with them, but I don't be all in that. No, baby. Be not deceived. Evil company. If you don't say a word, whatever is being talked about is getting in you. Well, my wife like to go there. Well, let her go by herself. If you're a man. And if you're a woman, he want to go there. You don't go there. You don't, you don't go in a ditch because your husband go in a ditch, do you? Baby, you in that ditch. Hold on, sweetie. I'm coming down there too. I'll try to help you out the ditch. But I ain't going to get in no ditch with you. It's hard to get out. And you think I'm going to come down there? It's hard for you to get out? Oh, no. Let me find a stick, rope, plank, something. Because I ain't coming down there. And both of us in the ditch. Look at it. Lord have mercy. I got to close it. Look at, look at this. Look at this one more time. I thought about my ways and turned my feet to your what? See, it come a time to where you got to forget everything and everybody and just look at God's will. The best place to be and the safest place to be is in his will. I thought about your testimonies. I thought about the Old Testament and all you did for the people of God. I thought about the New Testament. Yes, and all you did for the people of God. I thought about Elder White's testimony. I thought about Mother Lola's testimony. I thought about what Minister Scott said about her daddy. His thoughts became focused on God's word. And look what he did. Look what he did. He turned his feet. He turned his feet toward God's testimony. That's where you have to ask your, you, you have to look at yourself and just be honest about yourself. Am I where I need to be? You, you have to ask yourself about that, not, not, not just as it relates to church, but as it relates to every aspect of your life. See, God just didn't come to give you a place to go church at. John 10, 10 said he came that we might have life. And so there, there, there has to come a time to where you just look at your ways and say, man, is this... Is this really where I need to be? 
You know, because, because sometimes you'd be trying to figure that. You don't have to figure that. All you got to do is acknowledge God and let him direct your path. See, I done got to the point to where if, if I do it, he going to tell me. If I don't, it's because it wasn't his will. Even every, everything, when I talk to folks, I say, well, Lord, you don't have to tell me what to say and what, what not to say. Why? I just want to make sure I'm in his will. Lord have mercy. I got a couple more scriptures I, I want to go to, but I'm not. I'm going to start right there. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. <laughs>